Yeah, Lord, thank you so much for your incredible goodness uh, to us, Lord. Thank you, Father, for that we can gather today and and know that you're here with us, Lord Jesus. Whether we feel you or not, we know that we know that you're here because of your promises, Lord. <clears throat> And yet, Lord, we still, we still ask for more, Lord, that we would uh, know your presence even more, that you, would, um, that you would fill this place even more, you fill our hearts even more. Uh, we invite, uh, Lord, we ask for a revelation, new revelation of, of who you are, of your truth, Lord, and anything you want to do today, Lord, would you pour out your spirit once again, uh, we've been singing, Lord Jesus, uh, amen. Uh, yeah, as just before I speak, before I kind of get into what I prepared, uh, I was praying, praying this morning. I was praying for you, Caleb, and because uh, I knew that you're um, you know going to be doing the announcements and so on. And uh, I just had this like just this brief word. Um, thank you for the baguette that you gave us last week, and I, and I felt like like kind of weirdly enough, I felt that kind of like that highlighted to me and almost like um, the Lord saying kind of. You give away bread, but you're going to receive bread from heaven. Yeah. So, Lord, I pray for that for Caleb and and for the Carnies, for Rachel and Seraphine watching from home, and uh, and the boys that are here, Lord, that they would they would know your your bread from heaven. Amen. Yeah. So, I just I think it's quite good to do that because if you, um, you know, if you if you if you encourage somebody when they give you something, then you know, chances are they'll keep giving you things. You know. <laughs> Thanks, Sam. Yeah, you know. Well, I think most of you know the way my mind works anyway. <laughs> Nobody knows. All right. I'm going to begin with uh, with a whole lot of scripture readings, and it's going to make it's going to make sense as we kind of move through um, this morning. But um, let's just get started. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. That's 2 Timothy 3.16. My, um, my papa's, my granddad's uh, old Bible, I somehow inherited it, is King James Version, King James Translation, and it puts it like this. All Scripture is given us by inspiration of God. A scripture, the scriptures that we have, our Bible, is breathed out by God. It's been inspired by God. I, lo- I love the word inspire or inspiration. It, it, has, it has kind of two meanings. And if you're, if you're creative, then you'll understand like, the main meaning. You feel inspired to do something. You have, you have a good idea and urge to do something. You feel inspired, you know. But the other is connected to, to breathing. And it's, uh, you know, like to inspire is to, is literally to inhale. And I mean, I, I did a lot of biology in my many, many years at university, and it's, and it's connected towards like respiration, which you might have heard of, the, like the process of oxygen being captured by your lungs and this exchange, uh, ox- uh, CO2, carbon dioxide is expired, expired, which is uh, released into the air. Uh, we use words like expire quite a lot, like, you know, your milk's expired which means it's, yeah, smelly. Um, 
But these words, these words uh, have, have the same Latin root word. So inspire, respire, expire. Uh, you can think of loads of them. They all have the same Latin root word, spirare. No, spiare. Spiare. Yeah. You've got the more Italian, the better it sounds, eh? Spiare. Which also is the root word for spirit. Spirit. Spiare. Spirit. Breath and spirit, right? <clears throat> in the beginning, <clears throat> in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. The, the Hebrew word for spirit here, you might have heard this before, is ruach. And I, I think that, that's because it's like a good cough, eh? Ruach. It's like a real, like, get, get in there. Getting the sputum out, that's another, you know, the stuff that's in your lungs. They get it, get it out. The, the ruach, which also means breath and wind. And you see where I'm going. The Spirit of God, the ruach, breath and wind. And then in chapter 2, God forms, forms Adam, forms, the, forms this person out of the dust of the ground. And so he forms this man, and it says Genesis 2, 7. Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. It was when God breathed into the nostrils of this lump of dirt that, that man, this is humanity, right, became a living creature. God inspired the lump of dirt when he breathed on it. His breath brings life. And, and this, this verse is actually where we get phrases like the kiss of life. You know, um, Tessa did a first aid course recently and, and learned about CPR, you know, where you give somebody the kiss of life. And, um, and anyway, she was telling me that when somebody's, uh, so somebody's unresponsive, they're unconscious or whatever, the, the first thing you've got to do is make, make sure that the airways, the airways are clear, right, so they can, they can breathe. So you put them in the recovery position, make sure those airways are clear and... Um, but then um, if they're not breathing, then, or if their heart's not pumping or whatever, then you, well, get Tessa to tell you, right? She's done the first aid course. I'm like, I did a first aid course 20 years ago, so, you know, but you know what I mean. And so then, you, then you, you pump on their chest, bam, 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 and you breathe into them, the kiss of life. First, I love it because that's, I love the picture of God making this uh, lump of dirt and then, you know, getting, getting down and actually breathing into his nostrils, getting up close. His breath brings life. So let's move on. Uh, some of you might know um, Zeke. No, I'm not going to talk about the Jewish prophet Ezekiel, but um, <laughs> unless you've had some visions. No, okay. Um, so Ezekiel, Ezekiel, he had these visions about 600 years before Jesus. And he had a vision of dim bones, dim bones, which we just sang about. <laughs> you know, that's why I had that video. And he saw this valley of dry bones. It says, like, the Lord in the Spirit, he saw this valley. As Tessa and I were talking about this morning, like, was it a vision or did he, was it real life? Did he really see it? And, and I, I mean, I guess it's a vision, but it says that he saw it in the Spirit. He saw it. He saw this valley of dry bones. And then God told him to prophesy. It's a crazy thing. So God asked the question to Ezekiel, to Zeke, Zeke. Like all these dry bones, imagine these dry bones in a big valley in front of you. And he goes, can these dry bones live? And you go, like, no, but you're, you know, no, but you're God. So you, you tell me kind of thing. And, and, he, and anyway, uh, God, this is, this is literally what he does. Yeah, you know, you know God. Um, and then God tells him to prophesy, like speak to these bones. So this is what he says. Have I got it up there? I do. Prophesy. 
He says, prophesy over these bones, Zeke, and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. That's why we, you know, in that gospel and that spirit, you know, the spiritual that we're looking at before there. Hear the word of the Lord. Thus say, thus says the Lord God to these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. And I will, and I will lay sinews upon you and will, and and will cause flesh to come upon you and cover your skin and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. And, and so Zeke, Zeke, I keep calling him Zeke, I'm sorry, man. Uh, Ezekiel does this. He, he speaks to the bones and the vision, and he speaks to them. And then it's like, I mean, if you, you, can, you can make a pretty freaky movie out of it. And so there's this sound, and it's a rattling sound, because all these bones are starting to move around in the valley of the dry bones. And then it's super graphic, okay? You read it in Ezekiel 37. Um, there's bones being attached. He's seeing it all, bones being, uh, bones, muscles being attached to the bones, and, and sinews, and, and flesh, and then skin, refor- like reforming these people. But they're not alive. They're not alive. They're, they're like... Like the living dead, right? They're like zombies. There's no breath in them. So then, so then God commands Ezekiel to prophesy again. And he says this, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So Ezekiel does this. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, a great, an exceedingly great army. And the, and the Hebrew word here for breath is ruach. The same as, as the word for spirit of the Lord. And it's as though the Lord is commanding Ezekiel to pray a classic vineyard prayer. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, wind from the south. Come, wind from the north. Come, wind from the west. And come, wind from the east. Blow on these dead bones. And and the Holy Spirit does. He breathes into this army. And this was, was, uh, we think at least, this was a vision. And God explains it. The dead bones, he says, the dead bones are the whole house of Israel. But he says, there's a day coming when I will put my spirit within you and you shall live. I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. I have spoken. I will do it, declares the Lord. I have spoken. I will do it, declares the Lord. So it's a day of hope. Like, breathe, like breathing, breathing is so connected to being alive. Uh, a couple of months ago, I had this chest infection. I was post-COVID, you know, it was a few weeks after having COVID. And, and it really took me by, by surprise how low my energy was. You know, um, I'd be walking up, walking up the hill to my other job at, at CUNY and I'd, I'd have to stop and have a rest. And this is like, you know, it's just walking up the terrace and up the hill, right? I had to stop and have a rest. My energy was so low. It was a struggle. We need our lungs and our respiratory system to work well. I mean, back in, all the way back in 2020, this tiny uh, little virus, you know, basically caused the world to come to a standstill. Eh? It was a respiratory disease. 
They basically shut down the whole world. The first thing a baby does when it's born is go, (laughs) and the last thing we do is breathe out. If we can't breathe, we die very quickly. I, I got quite distracted on this. I was like, how long? How long? You know, I get quite morbid. How long can you survive when you can't, if you can't breathe? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think up to almost 10 minutes. Hey, it's quite amazing. You can actually hold, you can actually survive. Not too bad, not too bad. We die quickly, though. That's the point. <laughs> Isn't this depressing? We die. Okay, last week Rachel did this great, great talk. Um, she wrapped, um, brilliantly wrapped up our Exodus, Exodus journey. And she looked at the moment coming at the end of Exodus when the, the Israelites had built this tabernacle all according to God's specifications. The tent of meeting, the tabernacle, and, and that was set up right in the heart of the Israelite camp, you know, at the foot of Mount Sinai, right at the heart of the camp. And then, and then she spoke about this. Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. The cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter the tent of meeting because the cloud settled on it, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. The cloud is the Spirit of God. It's, it's as though God breathes on the tent he breathed right into the heart of the Israelites. It's like a CPR moment, hey? His life filling the tabernacle. And then his spirit leads them from that place. It says, when the cloud lifts off the tent, they set out and they follow where he leads. It stands out to me. I don't know if you were here last week, but it was one of the things that stood out to me was how substantial the presence of the Lord is. So substantial that they couldn't enter. It was like it filled that space completely. And it happens again if you read through the Old Testament. Uh, Second Chronicles, the Israelites had built a temple in Jerusalem. Grand temple again according to God's specifications. And then if, if you read Second Chronicles 5.14, it says that the that priests could not stand to minister because of the cloud. Again, the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. The glory of the Lord filled the house of God, it says. And a couple of chapters later... Um, They'd made some sacrifices, and and fire fell. Fire fell, and no one could enter. Again, no one could enter because of the glory of the Lord. And it just looks to me like it's God's Spirit, God's own Spirit filling the heart of Israel. But then then we come, uh, you know, centuries down the track, and we've got Ezekiel's dim-boned prophecy where he goes, okay, just a bit of backstory. This is at the time of exile. This is when Israel has been like overrun with uh, Babylon and, and Ezekiel himself is, is not even in Israel. He's been exiled to Babylon. This is where he's having this prophecy. And he, and he says, Israel is dead bones. So, you know, just this contrast uh, in, at, the end of ex, at the end of Exodus and the, God's Spirit fills the tabernacle. And then in Chronicles, God's Spirit fills the house of God. Fills the house of God. <laughs> And then we jump forward a few, a few centuries, and he goes, Israel's dead bones, rattling around, eh? no life in them, no breath of God. It's as though they've been wiped out, but it's not by COVID-19. It's not by a devastating respiratory virus. It's by their own rebellion against God himself. And, and the main thing that they did was worship other idols. 
and they desecrated the divine covenant that they had with God. So God's spirit, he can't stay. So God's spirit departed, and when God's spirit departs, it just leaves them as dead bones. You know, like a beginning, a beginning of Genesis, that the scripture I read, Adam, you know, God, God brought that lump of dirt to life by breathing in him, breathing his spirit into him. So when his spirit leaves, no breath, no life, dry and dead. The hope of Ezekiel, because it's a hopeful prophecy, the hope of Ezekiel was a day when God would breathe once again, that his mighty wind would come, inspire dead people, bringing them to life, to form a mighty army ready to do God's will. People filled with the Spirit of God. Enter King Jesus. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Jesus. You changed everything, Lord. And he says this. Luke 4. So it's right at the very beginning of his, his, his ministry. Luke 4, 18 to 19. He says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And then there's this dramatic pause, this moment of silence. It says, and the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Right, because for them, they, they knew about this prophecy from Ezekiel. The Spirit of the Lord's going to blow on the bones. It's going to bring you all to life. The Spirit of the Lord is going to fill the house of God again. And then he goes, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon Jesus anointing him, which, which means, uh, I know, I, I don't want to unpack this too much, but it means that he is the king sent by God. And it, and it says that he has anointed me too, like he's, he's, he's anointed to do something. The Spirit of the Lord has anointed him to do something, which is to proclaim good news to the poor, evangelism, proclaim the good news to set people free, to heal the blind, to free the oppressed, to show, to show the world what God is really like. And what it means to be fully alive, like filled with the Spirit of God. A light in the darkness, to be a light in the darkness, eh, Elena? A hope for all the world, to save the world. This was the mission that the Spirit of God had anointed Jesus to do, to go on. And so Jesus is led by the Spirit. And in fact, you see all these incredible parallels between the journey of the Israelites in Exodus and then what Jesus did. He's led by the Spirit of God. Step by step, he's empowered by the breath of God. And, and as he kind of walks around and goes on his mission for a few, only for a few years, he, he's changing lives. He's healing people. He's releasing life. He's bringing the dead to life. But this all leads to Jesus himself being crucified on the cross. And with his last breath, <laughs> he cries out. So, you know, he's, he's on the cross, and with his last breath, he cries out. He's like, he's breathing out, Father, into your hands, I commit my spirit. 
His spirit, his spirit, his breath leaves his body. That Jesus died. And James cried. <laughs> and I don't know how it all happened. So Jesus' body is in the tomb. I don't know how it happened, but it's as though Ezekiel's vision begins to be fulfilled. Prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come four winds and breathe on these slain that they may live. And it's like the Spirit of God breathes on on the corpse of Jesus, his dead bones, and he lives again. Jesus is, as it says in the gospel, in the, sorry, in the letters, that he is the firstborn of the dead. The firstborn. He's like the first of that great army that Ezekiel saw, resurrected. And then he appears to his disciples. And in John 20, he says, As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And he breathes on them. <sighs> Receive the Holy Spirit. It's like he's saying, receive from me, breathe in. It's like he's inspiring them. Breathe in, take a deep breath. Breathe in the breath of God. He's like he's kind of going, dead bones come to life. And he's beginning in in this moment, in his resurrection, he's beginning to build this great army that Ezekiel saw. Isn't that cool? Isn't that amazing? 40 days. So anyway, he... So he was resurrected and he, and he does stuff for 40 days, all kinds of signs. He's spending time with his followers. Resurrected. He, he appears, oh, I said that part, 40, year, 40 days after his resurrection, Jesus ascends into heaven. But before his ascension, he promises to breathe on them from heaven. clothing and he promises he goes I'm leaving but I'm going to send I'm going to send you something <laughs> wait I'm going to send you something he's going to breathe on them from heaven he's going to clothe them with power from on high sending the holy spirit to be witnesses of God's goodness man this is amazing hey eh? I, I was I, I've been preparing this for a wee while I and then the and then this morning um Cal, who's actually coming to preach here in a few weeks, he sends me this text. He doesn't know what I'm preaching about today. I haven't told him <laughs> at all. And it just sends me this text. This is uh, quarter, to, quarter to nine this morning. And it just says, Acts 1, 4 to 5. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized you with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. I think God is speaking to us. So then 50 days after his resurrection, 10 days after he ascended, and there's 120 people in an upper room. Many of you know this story. 120 people in an upper room. They're praying. They're waiting. They're making mundane decisions about who's going to replace Judas, you know, the disgraced disciple who betrayed Jesus. And so they're praying, they're waiting, and, and sometimes we go, oh, 10 days isn't a very long time. 
But let's be honest, we, we sometimes struggle to wait 10 minutes, eh? Oh, God, can I, can I feel you now? Oh, okay. <laughs> 10 days. And I, and I sort of imagine like 10 days, 120 people in a small room meeting with you know, 120, day, uh, 120 people, 10 days. It would, get, it would get, I don't know, pretty tiring pretty quick. Anyway, so 120 people praying, waiting, and then Acts 2, 1 to 4. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. Remember, praying, waiting, getting annoyed with each other. Going, when's the coffee time? And suddenly they came from heaven. Oh, yeah, another point. <laughs> this is before nine o'clock in the morning. <laughs> this is like an early morning prayer, uh, prayer meeting. Anyway, so the day of Pentecost arrived. It's early in the morning. Hopefully they've had one or two coffees. They were all together in one, one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. It, it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I, I love Wellington. It's the most annoying city to live in, eh? Like, come on, can't we have like a week of good weather or something? Springtime in Wellington, like we always look forward to springtime, warm days. Spring is like the most windy, volatile season. Uh, yeah, okay, case in point, what happened last week? We got this real strong nor'wester coming in, and then, uh, and then that, is, it was funny, I was like, what day was it? Thursday, quite windy morning. I, uh, no, Wednesday. It was Wednesday, wasn't it? And then I was in here, actually, at lunchtime, and uh, I got in here being blown, you know, blown that way down Thorn and Care. I came up the stairs, had some lunch, went back out, and now it's a brutal southerly coming from that direction. This is Wellington, eh? Yes, wind of God, wind of the Spirit. It's, it just speaks to me of the Spirit of God. Yeah. Blow Norwester, blow southerly. And, the, and, this, and I think it's just a cool. I mean, we live in the best city in the world. People go, oh, well, you know, windy Wellington, what a stink place to live. And we go, yeah, but the wind that speaks of God's spirit. Every day you go, oh, it's, you know, the natural things speak of the, uh, the supernatural way. So the, 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 the mighty wind filled the entire house where they were sitting. It filled it. Without the Spirit of God, we are dead. Without His breath, we are dead bones walking. To be His army, to be able to fulfill His mission, we need to be empowered by His Spirit. This is what He says. He goes, wait in Jerusalem. Wait until you're empowered from on high to be empowered to be His witnesses. We need to be empowered by His Spirit. His spirit. We need to be inspired. As he breathes out, we breathe in. We need to be transformed. Uh, often I think we, 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 we might slip into a wee trap where we think the Holy Spirit is main purposes to make us feel, uh, feel a bit better about ourselves or whatever. Uh, is that, I don't know, does that ring a bell for you? Like, um, come Holy Spirit, I feel a bit unhappy today. Um, 
Help me feel good. I met church today. I want to feel good when I leave, God. But it looks like, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think the Holy Spirit does, does make us feel good. But I think his main, one of his main purposes is, uh, is, is this mission. His, his mission. And when you read Acts 2, it's as though God's Spirit fills that house and it's so substantial, like the glory of the Lord fills the tabernacle, the glory of the Lord fills the temple. It's as though God's Spirit fills that house and it's so substantial that they're, that they're blown out. Or, or another way to see it, it's almost like they're thrust out. Like, like um, you know, like when a, when a woman gives birth, it's like they're thrust out into the streets. And remember, this is all before 9 a.m. And then they're doing the stuff that Jesus did in the city of Jerusalem and beyond. And this is like this moment that completely changes, changes history. <clears throat> and I, I just think it's what we need as well. I know that the Spirit of God is with us. Um, I know that, uh, well, we, I know that we, when you come to faith in Jesus, that His Spirit comes and resides in us. And I know that you can have like multiple experiences or fillings of the of the Spirit of God. There's, there's, there's uh, like we call, we can we often in the vineyard we talk about baptisms of the Holy Spirit. And I know that it's not about it's not about feelings. Actually, this is really important. It's not about it's not about feeling something necessarily. Um, it's only two minutes to eleven, so I got I'm going to talk for another half an hour. No. I'm not, but but yesterday I was um, I was really uh, really blessed. Um, Mum and Dad and I we went out to Hope Centre and they had uh, a couple of people um, from Canada speaking. John and Carol are not who you might have heard of. Um, they they were the pastors of a little vineyard in Toronto in the 90s, and then the spirit of God blew on their little church. I think it was only a few hundred people. That's, that's my timer. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> it's like, you know, time's up. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, and they, um, but anyway, so the Spirit of God blew upon the, that church in Toronto. And people came to visit. Millions of people came through that church. They, they reckon, I think they said about four million people. Is that right? Four million people came, I think, came to visit. Can you imagine? Like a four million people came to visit our church. And they just come, they come for a bit, and then they leave. Um, but uh, <laughs> the, the, the move of the Spirit at that time was so substantial. We, we can here trace, we could trace our history back to what the Spirit of God was doing in the 90s. Through people like John and Carol are not. This is, this, is our, this is our history, history of our church. I, I remember mum and dad had been over to, uh, they went over to um, Anaheim uh, Vineyard Church in 94. And uh, this was like during the, lots, lots of things going on. They had they went to a, sort of what was called the Catch Catch the Fire conference. John and Carol are not were there, you know, the speakers I heard yesterday. And so at this conference, and um, and mum and dad, I mean, you talk to them, you talk to them about what happened. But I know I was about <laughs> 94. How old was I then? 16 or 17? Six form. I know it was six form. What year is that? 12. Year 12. And and mum and dad came back. And uh, they were sort of so pumped. And they come back and they go, okay, James and Anna, my brother was at university down in Christchurch at the time. They go, James and Anna, we're going to pray for you. And so they, they stand us up in the lounge. I mean, talk about awkward, eh? When your mum and dad pray for you, um, okay, 
if you got if you got your mum and dad here, give me a wave. If your mum and dad go, okay, we're going to pray for you. Come and stand up in the land. Is that going to be awkward? Yes, it is. <laughs> you know, Jacob, that's awkward, eh? If Andrew goes, okay, Jacob, stand up. I'm going to pray for you. I've just been hit by the Holy Spirit, and now I want you. To, anyway, so they line us up, line us up. There's only two of us there, and they pray. They pray for us. I'm like, oh, I'm a rock. I'm a, oh. And and my sister. Um, Again, like this is my memory. Ask her for what's actually true or factual. I'm here for. I'm here to embellish, and so, and, and my memory is that she she goes down like straight away, and I'm like, I don't know what's going on. Like, I don't feel a thing. Honestly, I don't feel a thing. Does that mean that God that the Holy Spirit didn't didn't move on me or didn't fill me that day? When Jesus says to his disciples, uh, he goes. Uh, he goes, ask, he's kind of telling them to ask for the Holy Spirit. And he goes, if, if you go to your dad and you ask for, if you ask for some bread, if you go to Caleb Carney and you ask for some bread, and Caleb goes, no, stuff you, I'm going to give you a rock or a scorpion or a snake instead. Thanks, Caleb. <laughs> no, our, our Father, he goes, our Father in heaven is not like that. He, give, he gives his Holy Spirit when we ask for his Holy Spirit. So mum and dad, they prayed for me, and I'm like, oh, I didn't feel anything. Like, nothing happened. This happens time and time again in my life. Anyway, the story I was going to tell you was not that one. <laughs> it was this one. John and Carol are not. They, they told the story about, so anyway, loads of people were visiting the church from all over the world. This guy went and visited their church uh, from New York, and he was desperate. He was like, I need, I need what you've got. I need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. So he goes to the church. Three weeks he goes, night after night, after night, after night, three weeks. Doesn't feel a thing. Yeah, it doesn't feel a thing. He's like, God, what? You know, I'm adding to this bit. Um, anyway, he goes back. They said he goes back to his church. as a New York state. He goes back to a church. Um, despondent, they said. Like, I've gone, I've gone. He tells the church, I've gone. I've been away for three weeks. Didn't do, God didn't do anything. But then he prays, for, he prays for his church, and the Holy Spirit moves. And I was like, yeah, that's it, eh? Sometimes we kind of go, oh, I want to feel something, God, today. And it's like we're, we're, putting, we're putting this, already putting these conditions on what God's going to do. How about we go, Holy Spirit, you're here. We welcome you. Come and move on me and empower me for your mission. And, and how do you know if he's, if he's empowered you for his mission? How do you know? Say you come to church, you've been prayed for to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then you go home, you're like, has, has, God, has God filled you with the Holy Spirit? Has he empowered you for anything? How do you know? Say it louder. It says so. Yeah. There's something that you can do <laughs> as well. You pray for other people. And, and you start doing and you start doing what Jesus said we should be doing. Telling people the good news, praying for the sick. Come on. I don't wonder if sometimes we kind of go, 
because we sometimes talk about experiences and feelings, and I sometimes wonder if we're almost like almost like categorizing God a little bit too much already. We're going, God, I need to feel you in this way, and when I feel you in this way, then I can do what you said. But what if He's empowering us? What if He's empowering us even now? <laughs> what if that day when Mum and Dad prayed for me, I felt nothing? He actually empowered me that day. John and Carol not said another important thing. It's like when uh, we've we got to give it away. We've got to give it away. So anyway, uh, there's three. There's like um, these, this phrase that has been just on my heart uh, towards the end of the week, and it was about it's about about priming the pump. I know that sounds silly. I'm not going to really unpack that phrase because I don't really know how. But priming the pump, and I was going, well, God, well, God what, are, what are some things that we can do? What are some things that we can do? Because I know that we can't make you do anything, God. We can't do anything, God, to make you move. So what are some things? But what are some things we can do to be ready or something like that? I don't know. And so anyway, these these four or five words like really stood out to me, and they all start with P. So that's handy because <clears throat> P. Okay, easy to remember. And the first one's not even in my notes. It's pause, pause. <laughs> That the disciples, there were 120 people in the upper room. They had to wait. They paused in, in that moment. Paused. And it might get uncomfortable. I think Rachel said that last week. Eh? Waiting is not waiting until it you know, feels like waiting too long. We, we pause and we wait. Okay, next one is prayer. That was another thing that they, the, the disciples were doing. They were praying. And I think one of their prayers was this. Send us what you're going to send us, Jesus. Send us this power from on high. Send us the Holy Spirit. Send it, Lord. Send it, Lord. Praying. Pause, praying. The third one is, is position, is, or positioning. And, and this is like two, this is two, this is two senses. One is, one is like the, the, inner, the inner position, like the inner position of our hearts. I mean, some of you, like me, you're hundreds of years old, and you've been at church for a long time. And and in that time, you might have heard a lot of people talking about um, like a move of God, right? <laughs> God's on the move, kind of thing. And you go, oh, I've heard that before. But positioning positioning means like being careful. I go, what yeah, of our hearts and, and 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 trying our best to avoid having a, having a cynical attitude. I've heard it all before, Lord. So it's not happening. Nah, we got to avoid having a cynical attitude. So we have this heart posture of being ready of ready to receive, not wanting to resist him when he does move. We also have, I think, a physical posture of receiving. You know how sometimes when we, when we worship and when we pray, we kind of go, oh, why don't you put out your hands? And, and I'll tell you why. It's because we are, we are we're, we're one, right? Body, soul, and flesh, we're one. And so, you know, if you say, oh, I'm ready to receive God, and you kind of like, I don't know, there's nothing wrong with this. This is just how I think about it. I'm ready to receive God. Please give me what you got. But you kind of like, Man, if, if I go to my dad and I say, God, I mean, dad, <laughs> sometimes I'm mistaken for God. But anyway, I go, dad, <laughs> um, and, and he's got something. He's got a loaf of bread. I love that loaf of bread analogy. I'm going to keep going for it. He's got a loaf of bread. I go, dad, can you give me some of your bread? And I'm like this, dad, can you give me some of your bread? I'm really hungry. Um, he, he might just shove it into my mouth. But, but how much more likely is he going to give me a bread? I go, dad, please, I beseech you. <laughs> please, dad. 
I'm so hungry. Give me some bread, you know? So we, so there's that posture, eh? Posture. Okay, I'm, I'm making too big a deal about that, but um, I think we, uh, our physical, uh, we can do things in the physical that we can, you know, also represent what's going on in our heart. So we can have a physical posture. I think position also means sometimes like, Sometimes it's actually really, really good to go visiting other other places. <laughs> I mean, like yesterday, I went to the Hope Hope Church, which beautiful church. I don't go go I go there um, just occasionally um, when they have conferences and stuff. But it's like being in a being in a position. I'm like, God, I'm in this different place, Lord. I'm like trying to position myself to receive. Uh, the third one. So what have we got? Pause, prayer, position, and, and the fourth one is is persistence. And I think again, this is like that. This is really key. It's like sometimes I wonder if we, we might give up a little bit too early. I'm like, oh, Holy Spirit, you haven't come yet, so I'm out, right? But persistence, like the persistent widow, priming the pump. And I think uh, after all that, it might be kind of good to just invite the Holy Spirit. <laughs> so why don't, why don't we stand? Get in a good position <laughs> if you feel comfortable. Position might mean um, also, you know, sometimes we, when we, we invite people forward for prayer or different things, we, we kind of say, why don't you go and stand in front of the cross or whatever. There's nothing magical about that cross. It's not actually the cross that Jesus died on, but it's about, it's about like positioning yourself. It's kind of going, God, I, I want more of what you have, right? And it's like you take a few steps. I just give me a wave if you kind of you had enough of the Holy Spirit. You kind of got enough. Yeah. Uh, me too. I'm like, God, we need you, Lord. We've had two and a half years of stink times, and Lord, we just need your Spirit. Holy Spirit, breath of God. Would you come and even, even invade this place now? Breath of God, would you breathe on our dry bones and bring life? North wind, south wind, east wind, west wind, blow upon your church, Lord, and fill us, God. Remember, we're not, we're not praying for feelings. We're praying for the Holy Spirit. And we're not even praying for ourselves. We're like, Lord, would you come and empower us for your mission? So come, Holy Spirit. We sang it this morning. Fill us up and send us out, Lord. We know there's so much more. Shut up. what you're doing, Lord, in this place. Lord, I can see, I can even sense that you're, you're on the move, Lord. So come, Holy Spirit. 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 Come, Holy Spirit.
<laughs> just feel like to to invite like to invite you forward. Like if you um, if you want something more today, like you feel like that that kid asking his dad for a loaf of bread, like God, would you give me a loaf of bread today? And we just love love to pray for you, and and even even in part even in part today. It was that, uh, that that prophecy, that the verse that Matt read out during the worship. If you're thirsty, come. If you're hungry, come. We sang, we're, we're crying out from our knees, but, but Lord, we're just standing around, Lord. Would you come, Lord? <laughs> Would you come even now, God? Increase what you're doing. Lord, send revival and start with me. I, I talked about um, I, t- I talked about how mum and dad uh, prayed for me and my sister, and my brother got his turn when he came back up, and they they prayed for us. And there was something really in that. And um, I think if you're if you're comfortable and you're you're a parent here with your with your children, I know this is gonna get super awkward, but don't worry, it's all gonna be over soon. No, um, if you're a parent, maybe you'd even want to invite the Holy Spirit to come and fill fill your kids. You could just ask them. Sorry, Jacob. But Lord, yeah, we just we bless what you're doing. You might, yeah, even like I think laying on our hands is, is actually quite quite important. So you, even Lord, and you just pray, Lord, come, Holy, come, Holy Spirit, do the Ezekiel prayer, come, Holy Spirit, <laughs> come, Holy Spirit, come, Holy Spirit. Yeah, pray, Lord, to be a Holy Spirit to fall on our on our on our youth, Lord, and our children. Come, Holy Spirit, just increase what you're doing today, Lord. Come, come forward if you want. If you want prayer this morning, if you want um, impartation, I, I feel like I've actually got something to impart, to pass on. I don't know. I don't understand it. I'm not really used to some of that language, but I'd love to like um, invite what I've received from the Holy Spirit and, and from to, to better pass it on to you. So, uh, I invite you forward. You're not receiving from me, okay? You're receiving from God. And there's others here that would um, come and pray.
invite more of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. I, f- I feel like um, I, I, sh- I had this image of, of a, you know of a person blowing on a dandelion and and like the the, the dandelion seeds just kind of like spread around and and I in a sense like we're we're like those dandelion seeds and like the Spirit of God blowing on us. Uh, to, to plant new dandelions all over the place. But there's also the sense of God like depositing seeds within us, his dandelion seeds within us. So come, Holy Spirit. Come abide, come abide. 